Weddings ish, 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 with Jove. Thanks so much for tuning in to Weddings Ish with Jove. This episode, our wedding planning tip, we talk about selecting a wedding day, meaning choosing between a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. We have our Real Housewives Roundup, where we talk about the New York City Housewives, and of course, the brand new first two episodes of the Real Housewives of Orange County, Juicy, Juicy, Juicy. And I sit down with our special guest, foodie magician, Josh Beckerman. Enjoy! Weddings-ish! Picking the right wedding date is always a challenge. Not only are you thinking about the season, uh, as well as the weather, as well as maybe selecting a meaningful date between you and your partner-to-be, but you also have to consider the day of the week. Most weddings take place on a Saturday. Of all the couples that reach out to us, generally, most couples want a Saturday night. Of course, it makes sense. It's perfect. Everyone works on Friday, um, and if they come and party on Saturday, then they can relax on Sunday. But you have to keep in mind that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday are all really great options for weddings, and each of them has their perk. Especially if you have a long holiday weekend that's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, then a Friday is a great option. Or even Monday, having a weekday wedding over a long holiday is totally a great option. If a long holiday is not an option for you or you don't want your friends to use their vacation days or long holidays for your wedding, then potentially consider a Sunday. Sundays are also a great option for weddings. We always recommend if you're having a Sunday wedding to have it a little bit earlier. Start around 4, 4.30, maybe 5, so that you end a little earlier. The reality is, is people want to come to your wedding, they want to have a great time, they want to party hard, but if they have work on Monday, they just can't stay out past 10.30, 11 o'clock, really not even midnight. So it's just knowing that you're going to start a little earlier, but party just as hard. Um, Whereas a Friday, yes, people may have to take off work early, a half day or a full day, but at least they have Saturday off so they can party really hard at your wedding. You can stay late. Um, You also want to sort of think about the scope of your weekend. If it's really important to you to have a brunch after the wedding, if you have a Sunday wedding and Monday's not a holiday, you're sort of not really able to have a brunch unless all of your guests are from out of the country and have flown in for the wedding and are in town for a long time. So potentially, if you love brunch, look for a Friday wedding and have a Saturday brunch. I'm also seeing many more weekday weddings, and I think it's super amazing. If you're getting married in a short amount of time and the venue you love and really dream of getting married at is already booked on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in peak season, Then look at a Thursday. We recently did a Thursday wedding, and I know what you're thinking. Who wants to get married on a Thursday? This particular couple did. They um, also used the weekday as a reason to sort of lower their guest count. They assumed more people would be unable to come, making the wedding smaller, when in reality it was not the case. They still had 350 people show up to their wedding on a Thursday evening, and we partied, had the best time, And I can tell you, it was so much fun working with them because every vendor that they wanted to work with 
was available. So they had full range, full selection of all of the vendors, all of the venues, and they had their dream wedding that they could plan in a short time without being stressed because everyone was already booked or everything was already booked. And I think now with the lead time of wedding planning moving to a year, year and a half uh, in order to find the right venue because venues are just booking up so fast on peak nights of Saturday, be flexible. Think about a Friday. Think about a Sunday. Maybe even consider a weekday. Weddings-ish. Real Housewives Roundup. Real Housewives of New York City is heating up. I am so sad that the girls, unfortunately, are not going to Mexico. Bethany had to cancel the vacation, the tequila tasting with helicopters and the nice resorts in Mexico due to her health. But obviously, health comes first. So I'm glad that she did that and that she's taking time to care for herself. But it's a little bit crazy. She was sort of sick and bleeding and unhealthy and got really emotional um, about really being alone in her life. I mean, the quote was, I have assistants and I have friends, but I don't have family. Um, And it's sort of really scary when you're in a place of um, an unhealthy situation and you don't know what's going to happen to your health and there's no one officially to turn to, that's really a scary moment. And to sort of really realize you're only surrounded by people who are on your payroll, um, it hits hard and I think it hits home. And, um, you know, you really have to realize who your friends are. And even if you don't have a family or you're not close to your family, to realize that your friends can be your family. Um, she works so much that maybe this is the wake-up call she needs to live her life a little more as opposed to just working all the time. I couldn't get enough of Luann saying she's engaged to be engaged. I mean, she's ludicrous. Ludicrous Luann. She legitimately is not engaged, but hopes to be engaged to a man she's been dating for less than two months that has banged maybe like half the housewives and half of the women in New York City. But you know what? Crazy, meet crazy, have a great crazy time together. And I love that she says he's waiting for Valentine's Day because he's a romantic. I mean, we're looking at rings together. Oh, and he's a millionaire. So clearly she's not motivated by money at all because that countess has class. Oh, Jules, 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 Jules. I mean, if it's not her sad relationship um, with her now soon-to-be ex-husband, it's the eating disorder. If it's not the eating disorder, it's her vagina problems. And if it's not her vagina problems, it's her trying to figure out how to be a mother in New York City with a nanny. I mean, can it really be that hard with hired help? Fish sticks? You're feeding your kids fish sticks? I don't know. You're not poor. You're not on food stamps. You can afford real food for your children. But anyways, it gets really crazy and a little bit sad to watch when she doesn't eat and she's really skinny and everyone sort of is talking about her and around her about how thin she is. Uh, And then she makes a calzone that's really unedible. I mean, she puts a fork in there and the marinara dish in there and talks about putting drugs in there. I mean, when you're playing with food as an adult, I think that there are problems. So I hope that she can work through that and doesn't turn back to that given all of the emotion she's going through in her divorce. But who knows? And then Sonia, she legit has zero storyline this season. After the whole skinny girl, uh, tipsy girl situation, which still hasn't been formally resolved, now it's so bad that we're watching her clean out her basement. I mean, come on, Bravo. Let's get it together.
And Dorinda, I love her. She's definitely the best. And this episode, she really gets it together and she sort of is playing the field. She plays everyone's best friend. But I also love her bold fashion choices, her red colorful coat, her silver blouse. She is rocking the color and shine and shimmer and I love her for it. I'm also happy Baby John is not in this episode or the last episode and I'm happy to see he's not going to stick around for multiple episodes. Moving on to The Real Housewives of Orange County, we are now at episode two. We had our debut episode uh, recently, and of course, the first thing they do is catch us up on last season, remind us what happened with Brooks, the center of last season of The Housewives of Orange County, and then catch us up on everyone's lives and basically try to make us feel really bad for Vicky. She has this huge home. She redid the kitchen. She's all by herself and she's lonely and she takes a bath and, you know, she feels so alone and she can't live if she's not in a relationship. And, you know, while I understand that, I mean, I don't feel pity for Vicky. I don't feel bad for Vicky. She's married to her business. She's married to her work. And she really needs to clear the air when it comes to Brooks. Last season, she didn't do a great job of that. And this season is proving even worse. I mean, she just can't apologize to these women and say, I'm sorry for him and what he did. And I'm sorry I lied to you and got caught in the middle of this scandal. It's so crazy how in denial she really is. Uh, But it is what it is, and it's fun to watch. And our new housewife, Kelly, she is the new unfiltered, totally all about being candid girl. She, of course, buddies up with Vicky because Vicky needs a friend and no one else will be her friend. So her and Kelly, I think, are two peas in a pod. And I cannot wait to watch them whoop it up this season and make a mess of themselves. It's going to be so good. But Kelly's a weird one. She was sitting there with all the girls talking about marriage and talking about divorce. And she was talking about her current husband when he was her ex-husband and how he'd rather give all the money to the lawyers than to their child. And she sort of said, before we got married, he was perfect. And then he became Hitler. And then when I asked for a divorce, he wouldn't let me get divorced. And now we're together and everything's great. I mean, I'm not in love, but I'm going to suck it up like my parents did. That was really hard to hear and also really sad. I mean, if you're not in love with your husband, with the father of your child, and you're just sucking it up, that's a miserable existence. And clearly, Shannon was not having it. Her face was so clear that she was not into this. I mean, speaking of not being into something, the Valentine's Day gift her husband got her was so awful. And she was so sweet and tried to be so kind because he made an effort. He bought her a pearl necklace. um, And she was like, wow. Oh, Wow, is this a necklace? Um, She's so sweet. I'm so happy that they're on the road to repair. But she also had a weird one-liner when she said, I'm happy my husband had an affair because I can say, look where our marriage was able to go. So I appreciate her optimism, but maybe don't celebrate infidelity. Probably not cute. Anyways, can't wait to see where this season goes in Orange County. I think it's just now heating up, um, but I think that there are fun things to come and can't wait to chat more about it with you. Weddings-ish! 
I am super excited to be sitting across from the talented, hilarious, food-obsessed, foodie magician, Josh Beckerman. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. How's it going? It's going great. We are sitting at this beautiful Ludlow Hotel. Yeah, this is beautiful here in this little back terrace. It smells so floral and amazing. I, I, I want to live here. It's gorgeous. I would, I would, I would come here every day. I might, I might think of you it. might. Yeah. You don't need a membership to any other place. You could like just hang out here. So, uh, so yeah. So, Josh Beckerman is a foodie magician, and we met the first time. I want to say on a rooftop. With mm-hmm. the ex-boyfriend that shall not be named. Okay. <laughs> um, at one of his events. He was yeah. throwing an event. You were there entertaining. Mm-hmm. He threw me with you because he had to work. And you did an amazing magic trick. Yeah, well, so they call me the foodie magician because I'm a magician, mentalist, comedian, entertainer that mm-hmm. eats at restaurants all day and all night. I'm obsessed with food and restaurants. Uh-huh. I just eat all day, but I happen to be this magician, comedian, professionally. I entertain at events all over the world. So when your ex um, left me alone with you, <laughs> I had to do my shtick for you. And, you did it. And I do have a signature trick, which I did for you, I remember, where I guess people's favorite restaurants uh-huh. that you think of in your mind. or It doesn't have to be a favorite, just any restaurant that you like a lot of have people think of in their mind, and I, I guess it's, it. It's incredible. And yeah. I think we're going to, let's do it later on air. Sure. We can do, or we can do it now, even. Now? Let's wait a little okay, bit. Okay, okay. But it's pretty it. amazing, because he literally guesses the restaurant without... Any like I don't say anything. I don't give any tips. I don't give any hints. It's, it's just insane. about reading your mind. Okay, well we'll do that later. Sure. Let's talk more about food. Mm. So foodie and magician. If we segment it, how did you become so obsessed with food? I mean, I've been. Eat- I don't know. I started eating sushi at the age of three. I don't know. Does that make me a foodie? I don't know. For I so- think so. <laughs> I didn't have sushi till like oh, thirteen oh, or fifteen like, or like two years ago. <laughs> I've, so, I don't know. I've always been obsessed with food um, until this day. I just think about restaurants and food all day and all night. Um, and, you know, when I was, at the same time, when I was young, you know, eating my sushi, I, my, my, when I was five, my father got me a magic, like, little box. And that's when mm-hmm. I, you know, all young little boys and girls get magic, little magic toys when sure. they're young. But I, but you I cling bit, to it or you don't. Right. And uh, I bit the magic bug at around the age of five and I haven't stopped. Okay. So, so sushi at three and magic at five. Yeah. And now here we are. Yeah. In 2006, I, you know, I started a food blog, nycfoodie.com to document uh-huh. my dining experiences and to give people um, restaurant suggestions because people, my friends would always ask me like, hey, where should I take my clients yeah. to eat? Where should I eat? So I was like, I should start a blog. So I started that in 2006 to give people restaurant suggestions because I literally just eat all day. Yeah. And then um, in 2010, I was entertaining full-time. I, you know, I entertain at events all over the world, um, corporate events, parties, charity events, and whatnot. And you're, you're guessing the restaurant trick. Is that your, Are you a one-trick pony? I don't <laughs> mean that in a bad way. No, I mean, no, I'm not getting paid, paid just to do one trick. No, that's okay. one of my... It's part of my repertoire. It's, okay. But it is my signature trick. It's your signature. Because I... Yeah. In 2010, I was entertaining at a private events, and, and, and I started introducing myself as the foodie magician. And uh-huh. people would be like, what the heck is this? Do yeah. you do magic with food? I'm like, no, although I do make it disappear all day and all night. <laughs> but no, I'm just... Um, I'm just a magician comedian. You're part of the eat. clean plate club. Yeah, no leftovers. Never. Um, but I, I'm just this magician comedian that loves to eat. So, it, it, the name, So I started introducing myself as the foodie magician in 2010, mm-hmm. and and I, it kind of uh, stuck. And I've just created this brand, and uh, I'm basically a food personality. In 2011, a year after I started introducing myself at parties as the foodie magician, 
just as you know, magician comedian with NYCfoodie.com is my food blog. Mm-hmm. In 2011, the New York Times uh, did a two-page uh, cover story about me in their dining section, which basically changed my life. Hair flip. I mean, no yeah. big deal. Life-changing. That's uh, crazy. There, it was a two, in 2011. It was this article about this guy that goes to restaurants. He's more like Anthony, he's a magician. He guesses your favorite restaurant, but he's more like Anthony Bourdain, the David Blame. Uh huh. And, and he calls himself the foodie magician. So that was about me, of course. And, yeah. Uh, changed my life this is five years ago oh my uh, god september 28th 2011 i still know the you'll date. never forget never forget I mean, I two page spread in the new york yeah, times dream come true i mean it was unbelievable and then since then i've done tv appearances be it the today show late night with seth myers rachel ray but to which you've done all your signature tricks yeah okay which yeah. we're gonna do later oh yeah which i can't I wait start thinking of a restaurant i will um okay so restaurants foodie magician food new york city has how many restaurants over twenty four thousand. and like the odds of them they open and they close every day like i think it's one of the hardest things in the world to do to open a restaurant no yeah the restaurant industry is one of the toughest i yeah I, the only thing i can do in the restaurant industry joe is is eat yeah i couldn't be an owner manager waiter busboy yeah. bartender i couldn't do anything but eat yeah i can do you know uh, it's not an easy business no it's really difficult so Top five restaurants in New York City. If money wasn't an issue and I wanted the best dining experience, where would I go? Wow, that's a great question. Yeah. Um, if money wasn't an issue, you know, it's funny because I go to a lot of four star restaurants and I go to dives in Chinatown. Yeah. And 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 low key restaurants. I I much, uh, I much more crave like the low-key casual restaurants uh-huh. so like i mean to find want, dining i mean i was just at like last night i was at a party at 11 mass and park they uh-huh. just won they got the number three third best restaurant in the world and that's wow. and that's a great magical dining experience 11 mass and park le bernardin mm-hmm. um is really sublime Jean George, my friend Jean George Jean George is great but you know i actually like Jean George has a restaurant called abc kitchen yep which I absolutely love. Which it's is delicious. Lo- which is, you know, it's not it's not that upscale vibe. It's, it's just not as it's stuffy. Just, it's as not as stuffy. It's it's laid, it's laid back, a little more laid back. But I mean, I like going to Chinatown. And I like a place called Tasty Ham Pull Noodles in Chinatown. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, you know, I did this restaurant trick that we're talking about uh, just at Ludlow House to someone, and she was thinking, and I got it right. She was thinking of in her mind a restaurant called Babu G, which is this great fun, festive Indian restaurant on 11th Street and mm-hmm. Avenue being the East Village, which I really like. If you go there, you have to get their butter chicken. It's delicious. There's a place in the Lower East Side called Kiki's. Kiki's. Which is great. Let's have Greek. a Kiki. It's, what did you say? Let's have a Kiki. Let's I can't. Ki- like, I always... That's what comes to mind. Wait, what is that? You don't know that song? No. Let's have a Kiki. No? No. Okay, well, we'll I'm move on. I'm too busy eating at restaurants to listen to these <laughs> to music. songs. Yeah. It was like the biggest song a few years ago. Oh. Let's no. have a Kiki. No? I don't know. Okay, well, Kiki's a restaurant. Kiki's is a Greek. Greek restaurant in Lower East Side on uh, Division Street in Orchard. It's cool. It's hip. It's casual. Mm-hmm. I love that place. Um, where else? I mean, if, you know, there's a lot of great sushi restaurants, too. Yeah. That I love. I love. You're sushi obsessed. I'm a sushi addict. So I'm top three sushi for you. Um, well, okay. So I live in the East Village, and there happens to be two great bang for your buck omakases. Mm-hmm. Um, one is called um, Sushi Dojo. Okay. Really great bang for your buck, and another one's called Kura K U R A on St. Mark's off of Avenue A. Okay. Really great bang for your buck sushi omakase. Um, then of course you got Shuko on 12th Street. It's really good, and Sushi Zo is also really good. Okay. If 
if you if you don't care about money, sushi is always is a good is the way to go. Yeah, sushi is amazing. I could eat sushi all day every day, but the problem is like a few hours later, I'm still hungry. hungry. Yeah. Well, I I will say I almost pretty much eat sushi all day every day. I'm a sushi addict. I'm also a dumpling addict too. Dumplings good. I so let's dumpling. talk about dumplings. Mm. I am obsessed with soup dumplings. Mm, me too. Love and them. It, only recently did I figure out how they get the soup inside. Oh, you know, you must know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Where they, they the way it's like, it. like it's like an ice cube, and then they wrap it and steam it. Yeah. But like my How'd mind you find was blown. I was at Joe Shanghai. Oh, okay. And the waitress, and you know, it's like they're all Chinese servers, and they have they don't care about anything. Like no fucks given. They like drop the food in the table and walk away. And I asked her, in, I was like, "How does this happen?" And then finally, she was like, "Magic." Ice cube. Ice cube. Ice cube. <laughs> ice cube. And I was like, "What is she saying? I don't like ice cube as an artist. Like, what's going on?" And then I put two and two together. So they freeze it and then they wrap it and they steam it. Yeah. So soup dumplings, where are the best soup dumplings in New York City? That's a great question. And I'm a a dumpling, soup dumpling addict. I have a couple favorites. Um, Number one, now I live in the East Village near a place called Babao, B-A-O on St. Mark's between 3rd and 2nd. Uh-huh. They have great pork soup dumplings. I love a place called 456 Shanghai Cuisine on Mott Street between Canal and Bayard. Awesome soup dumplings. Um, Interesting. Actually, 456 Shanghai Cuisine is right next door to a restaurant called Big Wong. Big Wong. No, Big Wong, that's the name of it. I love a Big Wong. Uh, uh, I mean, Big God Wong. Now that, I would like to say that restaurant was named after me, but it's been around for a while, so maybe not. But um, Now, Big Wong doesn't have pork soup dumplings, but they have great roast duck, roast pork, and great wontons. Oh, delicious. Um, What's the difference between a wonton and a dumpling? Mm, someone asked me that. Fried? Deep fried? No, no, no. They're both, you, both you can get steamed. Um, I'm thinking the shape. Okay. But I actually have to Google that because I mean, wontons tend to be more like triangular in shape and like skinnier. I feel like yeah, thinner. Thin. Uh, They're not like a. Get, get, I'll, let me get back to you. And then I'm gonna okay. have to Google that. We'll figure it out. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I can see the difference, but yeah. Oh, I mean, I feel like a wonton is a type of dumpling, to be honest. Okay. Um, then there's a place called Shanghai Cafe Deluxe, also on Mott Street between Canal and Hester. Awesome soup dumplings. Okay. Absolutely magical. And if you if you don't care about money, you want to spend a little more. I like Red Farm. They Great. do the Pac-Man dumpling. Love it. I love their Pac-Man. I love everything at Red Farm. The modern, it's kind of modern dim sum. Uh, it's a little pricier, but still delicious. So good. But there's always a wait because it's so small. Always a wait for you. You got to go with the foodie magician. It gets you in anywhere. Well, and no wait with the foodie out. magician. Come you don't on, wait. Baby. Do you pay for meals? I pay for mo- 85% of my meals I pay for. Okay. Unless like a publicist or owner says, hey, can you come in and take a pic? Got it's, it. To Insta- promote it. To or... promote it. I have either on my food blog or I have, my, I have a decent sized Instagram following. You have a great Instagram at? At foodie magician. Uh-huh. F-O-O-D-I-E magician. Yeah. It's all food and a couple dogs. And I like dogs. I wanted to talk about dogs. <laughs> I love it's, dogs. It's like food, 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 and then dog, a dog, dog, dog. Yeah. food, 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 dog. Yeah, I mean, I, my bu- I don't have a dog. My building doesn't allow pets. That being said, I just love dogs, and I figure I can get the some some followers that like dogs too. The more followers I get, the cooler I feel. <laughs> okay, but, isn't that funny how we find validation from Instagram followers? Yeah, it's it's getting out of control. I mean, I'm I got I'm like, what am I doing with myself? I, yeah, who cares? Well, I mean, I guess who cares until like you can make money from it, then yeah. maybe people care. That's true. But it is sort of like you don't know these people. You don't know 60,000 people. No, no, but I will tell you that I'm, I'm on my phone 24-7. My phone's in my hand. I'm looking who's following me, who's unfollowing me, who's liking my pics. You're obsessed. I'm obsessed. I'm addicted. I like your photos. Thank you. Yeah, I know. I I'm see. sure you know. I see. <laughs> okay, so that's the foodie part of you. I mean, it's pretty amazing that you... So, do you cook? I do not cook. The only thing in my fridge is Poland Spring bottle of water. You don't drink I, tap water? No. New York I, City I, has the cleanest 
most delicious tap water in America. I like my water coming out of plastic bottles. Oh, man. I'm sure oh, there's someone man. upstate New York who works for Poland Spring that's turning on the tap and pour it, put, put it in and the bottles. And you're buying it for a dollar a bottle yeah, or whatever it's the same, it tastes the same. Got it. But the only thing in my fridge is Poland Spring. I, the last time I cooked in my apartment was never. Do you have pots and pans? I think I have one pot just for show. What do you use your oven for? Do you, like some it's never been turned on one. Shoes in there, no. or you don't you just don't use it at all. I don't use my microwave. I don't use my oven. I literally am out eating and entertaining all day and all night every day. Because I don't know if you know this, I suffer from a disease called FOMO. You know what FOMO? Oh, no. Fear yeah. of missing, missing out. out. Yep. So I cannot be at home. I have to be out. You're officially I, diagnosed. I self-diagnosed, <laughs> but I need to be out at events and parties and restaurants. At all times. I can't be home. So you're out seven nights a week. Absolutely. There's always something going on. There's always events or new restaurants to try. That's crazy. Yeah. You must be exhausted. Mm, I drink a shitload of coffee. Got it. And that just keeps you going. Yeah. And do a little blow. I'm just kidding. I don't drink coffee. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay, so magician... And foodie and comedian. Yeah, well, usually obviously. the comedy is just in my mind, so I appreciate that for you saying yes, that. Yes, you're welcome. I'll put it out there for you. Um, all right, so that's the foodie part and magic. Like, how did you get into magic? Oh, so... You said I, when you were five, you got a kit, but like, yeah. I don't know, it's something to me, I feel like, I don't know, it's such a sham or a scam, but you did that trick, and we're going to do it on air shortly. Okay. My mind was blown. Like, literally, I was, I was like... Wait, how did he do this? Yeah, so, I mean, when I was five, my dad got me this magic box. That's when I first got the, bit the magic bug. Then I got into card tricks when I was maybe in sixth grade. And through my teens, I was... My nickname in um, high school was the card boy. I would do card tricks to people in, in um, uh, high school. And then I went to a college called Bucknell University. I was a business major, minor in film studies, where my nickname was the card man. I would entertain drunk people at fraternities okay. for four years with like, card so tricks. you've been entertaining your whole life. Yeah. With cards. With, well, yeah, that was the main focus of my magic was card tricks. Okay. Um, but um, maybe like six, around six or seven years ago, I realized that mentalism, which is a form of magic, it's the magic of the mind, uh-huh. reading minds, doing stuff, with my, more mind tricks, was just more memorable and stronger. Okay. Um, I mean, I've met people, even this week, I ran into someone I, I entered, did a mind reading trick to a year ago, and they still remember the trick. Yeah, I like remember. After a year. Yeah. I mean, it's you remember for years. Five years. Five years. At so least. Just, so mentalism is just more um, memorable and stronger, and it's amazing. And by the way, any, anyone can learn how to do it. Okay. It's all technique. So let's do it. I'm okay, very curious. So, so how do we do this? So you have, do you, I want you, you have a restaurant in your mind that you really like? Yes. Okay. Don't say think it. Okay. Um, so there's over 24,000 restaurants in New York. Um, I know them all. Jove, I haven't been to them all. I know them all. I am the foodie magician. Not That's fruity, what you do. Foodie. Oh, not fruity. Yeah. I'm okay. the fruity podcaster. Uh, God bless. God bless. <laughs> well, honored to be speaking with you today. But so... <laughs> I'm going to start saying stuff aloud to read your mind. Okay. What I'm saying could be right. It could be wrong. You're going to be poker face, okay? Am I writing it down? You're not writing anything down. Just in my mind. Yeah. So, um... Okay. And, uh... Here we go. So, what I'm saying could be wrong. Don't shake your head. It's going to take me two minutes. Clock starts now. 60% of restaurants in New York are Italian. Hmm. Now, maybe you're thinking of Mario Vitelli's Babo. Or Lupa. Lupa has great cacio pepe. And Lupa is actually right across the street from a restaurant called Carbone, which has great spicy rigatoni vodka. And we're at the, we are here at the Lillo House, and they have a sister restaurant here called Dirty French. You should try their lamb carpaccio. Um, that's not what's in your mind. 
I know um, earlier t- today you told me that you're a fan of the meatball shot. So I'm going to say that's one of your favorite Italians. So I'll say the restaurant in your mind is not Italian. Now, after Italian in popularity is Asian. Chinese, Japanese, Korean, Thai, Vietnamese, Malaysian, Indonesian, Filipino, Indian. So I'm going to go Asian. I have a minute and 10 seconds to get this. So maybe you're thinking of... I have a really strong poker face for everyone since you're not able to watch. Just so yeah. you know. Oh, I'm looking straight into those eyes. I'm not blinking. You're a cold. I'm not giving this anything. tough. So maybe you're thinking of something like Bond Street Sushi, CD Sushi, uh, in NoHo. Maybe you're thinking of Sushi of Garia, Sushi Saki, No, Great Poker Face. Maybe you're thinking of Uncle Boone's Thai food. Now, Uncle Boone's just opened up a restaurant in Mulberry called Mr. Donahue's, the chefs and owners, which is this nine-seat bar, which is a gem. And they have great, great food there, but that's not what's in your mind. Maybe you're thinking of Oiji, which is this Korean small plate restaurant on First Avenue. No, I've... 32 seconds left. Um, this is tough. Maybe you're thinking of Indochine, French Vietnamese. No. I'm going to go downtown Asian. Um, maybe you're thinking of something like Kyoya in the East Village. No. I'm going to go, the restaurant in your mind is, I'm going to say, are you thinking of restaurant? The cuisine? I'm going to go, not Mr. Chow, not Philippe. It's going to be cooler and hipper than that. Lower East Side. Is it called Mission Chinese? Oh, my God. I'm going Mission Chinese. No way. Yes. Sir. Wait, yes. no way, yes? Yes. Of Was that it? That's right. That's is it. Mission Chinese on yes. East Broadway? Yes. The chef there, of course, is I'm Danny obsessed. Bowen. And they have really, really spicy wings. Was that right? It's so, tell your listeners. Yeah. All right, all right. Oh, my God. Josh, just, how did you do that? Jove, you just got foodie magish. I just... <laughs> Not, it was not easy, but I, I pulled through. I just got foodie magished, and I must say, I'm, I'm, I'm bright red. Really? Yeah, yeah. because it's I, crazy. I, what do you mean, really? I could see you're bright red. But no one else can. No one else can. Uh, so good. that was the restaurant in my mind. Wow. I had my 30th birthday there. Oh, you did? I was, that invite slipped my mail. I'm obsessed with that place. So good. You know what I love about Mission Chinese? Besides the food, the bathrooms there, they have the Twin Peaks soundtrack yeah. going along. And it's all mirrors in the hallway. Yeah, sexy. It's The food is incredible. Absolutely great. And it's the bigger two-story one. He closed yeah. the other one yeah, better near here. Thing. Yeah. Because they have like rats or something. Yeah, exactly. But it's this really- one's incredible. The Kung Pao pastrami. Fabulous. Salt cod fried rice. They're doing great I could stuff eat there. there all day. So there's one dish there called like Josefina's uh, chicken. It's just like chicken for two to three, four people. It's uh-huh. amazing. There's uh, absolutely great restaurant. Love it. Wow. Yeah. I'm well, literally now, like now taken aback that you guessed that restaurant. It was not easy, but I, I pulled through and that's my signature trick. Because I would have absolutely called you out if it was wrong. Good. And you should, <laughs> as you should have. Wow. So everyone, he just did that again. No cheating, no lying. This is insane. So if people want to find you and get foodie magished, where can they do that? Um, well, my website's foodiemagician.com, F-O-O-D-I-E, magician.com. Mm-hmm. Josh at foodiemagician.com is me. Uh, my food blog, which is connected to my site, is nyfoodie.com, but foodiemagician.com has everything. But I mean, like, out and about. You don't have oh, any scheduled oh, appearances. No, like, oh, like other places, like, if people well, want to meet you that you love to eat at on the regular. Well, you know, I like to be spontaneous and... Uh, I mean, I, in terms of entertaining, I entertain mainly private events. I do a okay. lot of charity events, too. But um, in terms of restaurants I frequent, I, you get, I mean, I go, I, I go to a place called Cafe Mogador a lot in St. Oh, Mark's. so good. I'm there at least once, once a week for lunch. Um, that's probably the one I go to the most. Uh, I try to stay healthy for lunch. And yeah. Eat Since like you a salad. eat like crazy for yeah. dinner. So, uh, actually, I might, there's a place that opened up um, down the block from where we are now called Duck. Well, it's been open for a while, but I just discovered it a week ago called Dudley's, which is has good salads, mm-hmm. kind of Australian. 
Um, but Cafe Mogador is my, my go-to for lunch. Okay, it's delicious. But I'm all about walking. You probably, if people want to find me, they just, just I'm just, uh, w- I just walk around the streets of New York lo- looking for new culinary adventures. Yeah. Entertaining audiences. And if you read the back of my business card, Joe, read it out loud. Read it actually with the New York Times quoted. Go out often enough, and the foodie magician will materialize at the edge of your table. Yeah, so there you go. So you, said the New York Times. Said the New York Times. That's, that's, a, that's a direct quote. Um, and it, so, if your listeners are out eating anywhere in New York, they, I might just appear magically at the end of their table. Yeah, and, and try to read their mind. Perfect. And so, being out seven nights a week and eating out all the time. How? I mean, how is your love life? Ooh. How's dating uh, in New York City when you're the foodie magician? Ah, it's pretty tough. Uh, <laughs> so you read my mind about a restaurant. Can you read women's minds about things other than I mean, I'd like to think I can, but I'm, I'm hashtag still single. Okay. I've been single for 36 years. Dating, in, you know, I'm... You are not 36. I shouldn't have divulged that. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. Oops. Yeah, I know. I, I don't look a day over 35. No, you don't. Well, I'm really like a 22-year-old boy in a 36-year-old body. man's body. Okay, because yeah, you do much. magic and eat food all day. Yeah, I'm kind of immature, but no, um... I mean, I meet a lot of women, and I meet guys too. But I meet a lot of women. Now, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, a lot of the girls I'm interested in put me in the friend category, which right away, which sucks. Um, yeah, which, you know, I'm fun to be around. With, you are. But, you're a good time. Yeah. Um, maybe I should switch teams. Which switch teams? Maybe I should turn. Uh, maybe. maybe I should go into guys. Yeah. I don't know that it's easier. No, I don't know. Well, you I'm, have a switch. You can just turn it on and off like no, that. No, no, no. Okay. I'm not even. Actually, I'll be honest. I'm not even by. I'm. I am 180 <laughs> degrees straight. <laughs> 180 degrees. Yeah, straight. But um, <laughs> got it. But I don't want to say dating's tough, but I don't. I mean, I'm too. I'm so busy eating at restaurants and then going to different events that I haven't really made a time to commit to one gal sure. ever, really. Which although I'm, I have a, a lot of my friends are getting married, and having kids. I have two sisters that are married. Yep. One has a kid. And one's on, another one has one on the way, and it's like. I do see it, and I'm like, I am interested about what it is to be like in a relationship and what sure. real romantic love is like, but everything happens for a reason, yeah, and it all works out for the time. best, so I'll find the right gal at Even the right time, sure. maybe she's listening right now. Maybe she is. So tell her to holla at the food image. Yeah. <laughs> On Instagram, like yeah. all those dog pics. Yeah. He'll follow you back. <laughs> for sure. Maybe. <laughs> um, so let's talk about wedding food. You are a foodie. Do you have any thoughts or advice for people getting married about food on their wedding day? Like foods to avoid, foods that are really good. Um, well, you know, food is my main focus wherever I go, especially at a wedding. And I always get scared. You know, when I see mass-produced food for a yeah. high quantity of people, I get scared. Like, yeah. how could the quality be so good? I mean, I've, I've been to... I mean, I haven't been to as many weddings as you think, but I haven't really had bad food at a wedding. I mean, yeah, of course... When you go to weddings, it's you get a lot of the weddings. You get the typical like you can have the salmon or the steak. Yeah, gets kind of boring. Yeah, I find that it, what really sets a wedding apart is the cocktail hour. If you can crush the cocktail hour, uh huh. And I love as someone who's a sushi act, I love a sushi station. A sushi station for me. Okay. It's got to be good sushi, not not like like made on site, amazing not, fish. It's got to be really fresh. Yeah, because well, I've been to I've been to I've been to sushi stations where where the rice was like. Mm-mm. You know, raw, not raw, but like undercooked. Yeah. Rice is a huge part of sushi. People don't realize it's, you know, some. What's the deal with black rice? Is that like I'm seeing it out there, but is that like a real thing or is it? It is a real thing. I, I mean, in fact, there's a place near where we are now on the Lower East Side that does like a black, just, just sells black rice. Yeah. I think it, I forgot what it's called, but it's in the Lower it's like East Side. Is it better for you or it's. I don't know. I haven't done the research on it. Got but, it. 
Um, You're a white rice kind of guy. White rice, coconut rice, sticky rice. All kinds of rice. But no, I'm, I don't uh, discriminate. I'll, okay. I'll eat a black, I like black rice too. <laughs> okay. You're a lover of any kind of rice. Yeah. What are your thoughts on per se? They got like a Off torn apart recently. Um, I haven't eaten per se in maybe four years. Okay. And I had a fine meal there. But, you know, I go to these four-star restaurants a lot. And they're great. These tasty menus. It's an experience. Yeah. It's definitely a magical experience. But I much prefer dining in Chinatown or, you know, more hip, casual places. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I said there's a restaurant called Tasty Hample Noodles in mm-hmm. Chinatown. You're paying seven, eight bucks for these fresh made to order noodles it's, I much prefer or there's a place called New Malaysia Restaurant mm-hmm. in Chinatown which has an extensive uh, Malaysian uh, menu I'd much rather go there to any to like a per se but I mean oh yeah that review that you're talking about it, it was harsh um, but I mean if you're gonna charge like you know three four hundred bucks a person mm-hmm. you better fuck up <laughs> you knock it out of the park yeah knock it out of the park and, and they are not anymore right so sad. Uh, have you been there recently? No. So I've, I've wanted to go. Actually, it was so funny. When I first moved to New York City, I wanted to get a job as a waiter while mm-hmm. I was in college. And I didn't know anything about the New York food scene. And the first place I applied uh, was Per Se. Uh, because it was cute and it was in the Time Warner building. Yeah, nice I had no idea it was like a career place. So did I you just, get the job? <laughs> no. I didn't get the job. I didn't get the job. I didn't get an interview. I didn't, I didn't get anything. But then I thought about going there for a birthday. And then I read the review and I'm like okay now I don't know uh, I mean I, there's other restaurants you can go to and so can, something of that caliber if I wanted a really special experience once what would you suggest in, in Manhattan or anywhere in the world anywhere in New York City area uh, like I'll drive a little um, or here so my style I have a my style I mean I prefer like Momofuku Co you know is there the Momofuku uh, Empire David Chang's is kind of hip cool more more my style. They have a great tasty menu. Mm-hmm. In Brooklyn, Chef's Table at Brooklyn. You like you like sushi, right? Uh-huh. Chef's Table at Brooklyn Fair um is a great it's it's mainly seafood, but that's great. Um Blanca in the back of Roberta's. Uh-huh. They have the new tasting menu. They have the tasting menu. Did restaurant. you you've tried it? Yeah, I tried it once. It was great. Uh even something like La Bernadette. Mm-hmm. Sublime, La Bernadette Sublime. My friend Jean George of course has Jean George, which is great. Absolutely great experience. Very magical. I even like his sister restaurant, ABC Kitchen. Uh-huh. It's delicious. Absolutely. And so beautiful inside. Yeah. Oh, the bread is so good. Oh, we've at... Uh, at ABC Kitchen. Oh, yeah. Everything. I, I've never had a bad meal at ABC Kitchen. Yeah. And they have the, one, they have the best Sunday in New York. Okay. What's that? The uh, salted caramel ice cream with oh, the caramel popcorn. Oh, the cream sundae. Sunday, yeah. I thought you meant like... What the best you? Sunday. Best Sunday deal. No, sun, Got it. S-U-N-D-A-E. Got it. The dessert. Mm-hmm. The best in New York? One of, yeah. No, the best, yes. Absolutely. Why? It's Well, it comes with salted caramel ice cream and caramel popcorn. Oh, it my gosh. better than that. Yeah. But the best brownie sundae in New York, by the way, is a place, for me, is at a place called Gigi's on 5th Street between A and B. Gigi's Pizza. They have, it's a great pizza spot with a great burger, but they have a brownie sundae. brownie sundae. An amazing brownie sundae uh, that, of course, is owned by Nick Morgenstern, who also owns Morgenstern's Finest Ice Cream on Rivington, which is one of the best ice cream parlors in New York. So you got the Morgenstern uh, ice cream on an amazing brownie. It's awesome. So Gigi's. Gigi's. Okay. Gigi's. Mm -hmm. And last question about food, date spot. If I want to take someone on a date in Mm -hmm. New York City, give me three great foodie fun date spots okay so number one Lartuzzi absolutely have you been okay. to Lartuzzi no oh 
L apostrophe A R T U S I. Lartuzzi? Is it Lartuzzi. Italian or French? Yeah, it's Italian. Okay. It's on West 10th Street, one of my favorite, top 10 favorite restaurants in New York. Um, great pastas, amazing chicken. Mm-hmm. I like Lartuzzi a lot. Um, I'm trying to think where, if I've taken, where would I, that's number one. Where else would I take a date? See, I don't go on enough, any, <laughs> enough dates. Where do I take your... Um, well, let's get your mind ready to go on dates. Artuzzi uh, would be number one. I'm trying to think where the last date I was. I, th- I feel like for a date, you need for a, fir- for a first date, you need somewhere a little intimate and quiet. You don't want too too loud. Um, I really put me on the spot here. Well, I did take a date once to Kiki's, but it's kind of loud there. Okay. Well, on a first date, you don't have a meal. That's like... Rule oh, number wait. one. Oh, no, now I know why I'm single, because I take them all out to eat. No, 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 you oh, start you with a drink. Pe- oh. Always. And then if it goes well, you go on a date. But really, a drink. And then you have to leave so they want more. And then the second date can be a meal. I wish you told me this 12 years ago. Otherwise, you're like trapped for one and a half hours with someone oh, who could okay. be crazy. I've been meal, doing this all wrong, Joe. You've been doing it all wrong. Oh, my God. Cocktail first. Yeah. So we're... Oh, but, but you said... Well, let's talk about cocktails. I mean, you're the foodie magician, but if you like a but, cocktail bar, well, no, but there are you know there are some good places uh, with great drinks and great food. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, well, actually, you know, I forgot about this place. So there's a bar near me called the Garrett East mm-hmm. Sister Restaurant, a sister bar to the Garrett um, in the West Village. They get G A R R E T T. Now that's a cool, chill bar. I would definitely bring a date there for a drink. Okay. In the back of the Garrett East, though. There's a restaurant called Dinner Table. Huh. It's opened up a couple months ago. It's incredible. It's what they call a speakeasy restaurant because it's hidden behind a curtain. Okay. It's called Dinner Table. So if you were on a date, I would take it, and it's going well. And so it's well. You're like, you know what? And you can surprise your date and be like, There's, you know what? Let's go eat. And if you don't like the date, don't tell them about the restaurant. In the back. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> enjoy your margarita. I got to yeah. go. See you later. I'm going to go So back the Garrett down. East is a great date spot. Okay. And in the back, they have Dinner Table. Okay. Um, there's so many great date spots. Where else um, do I like cocktails? I love a cocktail. Oh, okay. Okay. A gin cocktail. Um, I'm trying to think of the other. There's so there's so much amazing stuff in New York. Sometimes I like going to rooftops. Mm-hmm. I mean, now's the season. Where was the last rooftop I went to? I went to. Well, I mean, in downtown. Oh, um, this. The standard, the always boom a good room. one. The boom room room's kind of always cool. a good. It's beautiful. The boom room was great for a cocktail. The design there is it's incredible. It's in design, and they have the best bathrooms, best bathroom view in New York. Have you, I gone, been have to you, the, you never took a no, pee at the boom room? I don't think so. The standard top, of the standard. Oh my god, it's the most amazing, amazing view. view. You, got, you should do it. Definitely go, okay, try I'll to go, go to the there bathroom just to go pee. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing view. Well, Josh, this has been so much fun, and now I'm starving. Yeah, me too. I want lunch. Maybe a meatball shop. Maybe Cafe Mocha. Maybe Mission Chinese. They don't do lunch. I know. Mission Cantina does. Sister restaurant. But that's Latino, right? Latin food? Yeah, I want that Chinese flair. I want that Kung Pao pastrami. Oh, no. Right now. Now we're talking. Yes. That sounds magical. Well, this has been so much fun. Thank you for having Um, me. Again, check out his Instagram at Foodie Magician. Yeah. Amazing food. Cute puppies. There you go. And an amazing life in New York City. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's been magical. It has been (laughs) years. Have a wonderful week. Bye, Cheers. Weddings-ish. Thank you so much for tuning in, subscribing, listening, and downloading Weddings-ish with Jove. It means the world to me to have you uh, listening and supporting this podcast. If you have 
any questions about wedding planning or any topics you'd like us to cover or anything uh, you'd like to hear about, please send us an email, podcast at jovemeyerevents.com or tweet us at jovemeyer. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at jovemeyer and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. We would really, really appreciate it if you would take a moment and leave us a great five-star review on iTunes. Thanks so much. Weddings-ish. The music in this podcast was made by the fabulous Mel Flannery of Mixtape, a cover band for hipsters. Thanks, Mel. Love the jingle. Weddings-ish. Weddings-ish.